0: Right, we are back here talking pop culture on the podcast, making his long-awaited return to the podcast after his second-place finish in the baseball movie draft. Our resident movie critic, John Stanko, is here. John, how are you? I'm doing all right, Mike. How are you doing? Pretty good. I will say it was close there with you and Al in the baseball movie draft. You just snuck it out at the end of that poll.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he had more of this the traditional movies, and uh, I think my Red Sox still, still we believe video was very personable, but not everyone heard of it, so I would, if I had to give a reason for the loss, I would I would give it to that pick.
0: Yeah, I think Alan had the more well-rounded team, and I think that's sort of why he won, but I will say, it is interesting talking movies right now, because again, we're still in a holding pattern here, and we're kind of waiting to see what's going on with the movie world.
1: Yeah, the movie world's still in flux, so frankly, there was a ton of new trailers dropped in recent days, uh, so I don't know when they agreed to start putting out trailers again, but multiple high-profile movie trailers were released in the last 48 hours of escaping. taping. Uh, but yeah, I mean, they, there, there are movies coming out in theaters in a month where theaters are open is, uh, is kinda the is kind of what the tagline is. So guess what? If your state is open, you can go see *Tenant* in theaters in a, in a month or so. So it's, it's bonkers, though. I'm, I'm very curious to see how comfortable people will be to go to the theater once they are opening up.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, if you're a New Yorker like me right now, like, not happening for you, you're actually going through, you have to go over to Connecticut, if you want to go see a movie in a theater, because New Jersey doesn't have it either, but, and I, I will say, I am looking, keep my eyes peeled, I am looking forward to trying the tenant drive-in experience, I want to find a drive-in theater that has Tenet, that sounds like it'd be a lot of fun. Yeah,
1: but I I genuinely think if you do that, you might have to get in line three hours before the movie to, to get a TV in the drive-in.
0: Hey, what am I doing? Otherwise, I mean, I could put the Mecky on the radio and just wait for it.
1: That's a fair point. That's a very fair point. Uh, but yeah, i it's a, I don't know any drive-ins by me, so unfortunately, I don't think that's an option for me. But if you got them by you, definitely take advantage of it. I've never been to a drive-in movie. Never been.
0: Yeah, I'm. I, have, I haven't been in a long time. See, that something I'm planning on doing for this because I might also try and go like an off day to try and go catch it because some of these play like all like all the time. Like I think like. Expand their hours in the COVID pandemic. So they might have more showings trying to try and make up revenue here.
1: Yeah, I, it's like, are they worried about revenue or are movies serving more of a normality standpoint at this? I'm sure the companies themselves are worried about like AMC and Regal and all those, are worried about the money aspect. But you wonder if the local theater like Ryzen, is not worried about the profits, more worried about like the communal gathering of like, hey, let's do something fun together and be safe.
0: Yeah, exactly, and speaking of Tenet, like, right now, they are the one movie so far that's really said, we are sticking with our theater plan, we are opening wherever we can, they're opening internationally first, and then Scattershot in the U.S. Like, how do you think that's going to work for them?
1: Uh, I think that uh, U.S. fans are going to be furious that they don't get the first uh, glimpse of the movie with an opening overseas in place, too. I think that it's going to be a lot like a James Bond movie, which is traditionally released, uh, released over in Europe first, over in the States. And I think it's going to be a little bit of a culture thing uh, for America. to not see it first, but I mean, people are going to have to avoid spoilers. And again, I, I, I think that if, uh, if Warner brothers had their own way, I think they would have released it on streaming, but I think that Christopher Nolan has enough pool where they would never, ever, ever allow that to happen. Cause if you think about it, if this got released on streaming, they would dominate the streaming conversation for, at least a week. It would just be non stop PR, nonstop, nonstop for Tenet. But I think Christopher Nolan is so much a traditionalist, which I respect, but he's like, there's no way I'm not having a release in theaters.
0: Yeah, that's definitely Nolan there. Nolan was remember we talked about this the last time how he was trying to save the theaters and be the first one back in. Now he's not going according to plan for him. But some of the other big blockbusters we've seen like are doing like the split model. I think like Bill and Ted, this the third one is is basically splitting between theaters and streaming and Mulan actually going from Disney, going skipping the theaters, going right to Disney Plus or streaming. Twenty nine ninety nine for the premiere access, and unlike the Trolls World 2 where we have to buy it every time, it's thirty bucks, and then you can get it on Disney Plus as much as you want before it gets added to the service. So, what do you think about that idea?
1: I think the fact that it's not only for forty eight hours is huge, uh, massive, uh, because thirty dollars to rent a movie you only have for forty eight hours is just too much money. So, with that being said. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to spend $30 to, to see Mulan. Um, and the reason I say that is, one, I just, if I did that for every new movie that came out, I'd have no money left. And two, I, I really, Mulan, I think, the reason that Disney's doing this is because there's so much money invested into it budget-wise that they need to charge a high amount because it's meant to be seen in theaters. So I don't pay $30 to see a movie that was meant to be seen in theaters on your TV is I think going to really be a detriment to the value of to the value of the movie? I think so. I I'm conflicted as to whether or not I'm going to buy it for thirty dollars. I think if I were watching with someone and we split it, I'd be more than happy to do it. But I'm not as excited for Milan as others, so I think I'm willing to wait a little bit unless the reviews are just are just phenomenal.
0: Yeah, I think it's an interesting test case for them because they said kind of oh it's a one off we're going to do this because it's a unique situation. But I think if they get a ton of money from this. It would not actually have to be a Black Widow. is going that way too. If we have the same sort of virus issues at this
1: point, in November. They could charge fifty dollars for Black Widow, and people would buy it.
0: Oh yeah, because Marvel movies. People
1: would buy it. Yeah, yeah, it's Marvel, because it's the name.
0: Yeah, and there's been a long layoff between Marvel movies now, thanks to the pandemic. I mean, the last one to come out was Spider-Man: Far From Home, and I think in July of last year. So we're we're going almost like fifteen months between Marvel movies.
1: Yeah, did you see actually news today? Olivia Wilde has signed a contract to do a secret Marvel movie in the coming years to direct it. To, to direct the movie, it. I did see
0: that. The rumor is that it's in the Sony universe. It's supposed to be like a Spider Woman movie. That's the rumor I've heard about that.
1: Yeah, that that's the rumor. But I, that's exciting. That's a I like. I mean, I like Olivia Wilde as director. I love Booksmart. Like Booksmart was incredible. So. If she brings that type of humor, and I mean the skills she had with Booksmart to the table, I'm very excited. I like that move by by Marvel, by and Disney for hiring her to direct that movie because she's, she's a name, but she's also a relatively unproven as director, so still a chance for her to experiment. So I like it.
0: Yeah, as I remember you say previously you're pretty much out on Marvel right now until the Mahershala Ali Blade shows up, then you're back in.
1: Basically, basically. Again, I, I I'm going to watch the movies, Mike. I, I'm going to watch them, but they're not top number one on my list of things that I must see.
0: Yeah, that that's certainly fair. And speaking of movies that you must see, I will say today's topic here, I think it's be a lot of fun. I have gotten some viewer requests saying, well, after the, especially as a baseball movie draft, how does John Stanko grade his movies? What's the rationale between what separates the B plus from the D, from the F, from the A? So I think today we'll have a fun exercise. We'll dive into that.
1: Yeah, I mean, I gotta try and uh, explain my reasoning and rationale in a logical way. So that, that's going to be my fault. you got to get that out of it. Because sometimes I don't know. Sometimes it's just gut. I
0: don't know. All right. So in case you're not familiar, you do have a Google Doc online listing the movies that you've seen. Basically, I think in chronological order by release date. And it has your grades, yeah. the critics' grades, a little bit of genre stuff. fascinating study to get insight into the Maya Johnstang to look at that, at that graph.
1: Yeah. People have seen the list and they, they have texted me or, or let me know very vehemently the disagreements they believe uh, in terms of migrating and stuff like that. So I put it out there for people to see. It's also for my own records because I just, I love keeping track of this Excel stuff and seeing what I've seen. So, and also I think the biggest thing for me with this list, I see how I've grown and changed as a viewer, as a movie viewer. Like I'm, I'm currently in the process of uploading all of my grades to Letterboxd, uh, the social media movie site online. I'm like 1,700 movies in out of my, what, almost 2,200 on my list. And it's very interesting because I remember when I see certain movies and I graded that super low the first time I saw it. But now looking back, it should have been higher. But it's about when you see the movie, like where you are as a person, what's going on in the culture. Like there's a lot of variables that go into grading a movie that aren't necessarily just what's on the screen in front of you. So. I think I've grown a pre- an appreciation for that as I began reviewing my list uh, with a transferring to Letterboxd.
0: Yeah, it makes some sense. And just for the audience, I'll put the link to that Google Doc in the po- in the post of this podcast. But as of recording, how many movies have you seen all time?
1: Um, I think I am, if I scroll down the list, I'm thinking about 2,170 on the list. And I think I have a couple that I need to add. That are that I haven't it on yet. So, around the around the two thousand one hundred seventy mark.
0: That's very. Imp- that's a very impressive accomplishment.
1: I mean, it's a. You don't tell my mom that; she completely disagrees. I just love <laughs> at the- watching movies, and she'll just roll her eyes at me it's like a crazy person. Um, but I, I listen. It's what I do to unwind. It's what I do. When I need to to take a break. I will say that over the past month. Um, I don't know if it's because of the lack of new movies coming out or whatever, but um, I've been going more to the TV shows. So I got to get back into the movies a little bit. I was slacking for the past month or so with the new TV shows I discovered. So, but it, eight, hey, it continuously grows.
0: Hey, I got to say, you know, also the sports coming back was also probably a thing for you too because you got your Celtics in the playoffs, the Brewers in the playoffs. We won't talk about the Red Sox today, but you do have those two.
1: No, we don't talk about the Red Sox. But yeah, actually you're right with that with the sports. Like I I've become a fairly big NBA fan, uh so I've been watching every single NBA game since they came back, every game that I can. So and yeah, the Bruins in the playoffs. So there's things happening now for sure, but I'm still gonna find time and I will find time.
0: Yeah, and I will say one quickly on the NBA, I'm a big fan of the bubble. The bubble games have been a lot of fun.
1: The bubble games have been unbelievable. I I've been so impressed with uh with how well the players have played and I think the playoffs. I love how I how, how personal it is. It seems like with these with these players now just going at it. So it's, it's been a really really good product. Major props to the NBA for making it work. And again, the day we're recording here, they sent out another press release. No COVID positive test at all for anyone in the bubble.
0: Yep, keep knocking on that wood that so they can keep it going. Especially once they bring in the families after the first round of the playoffs. That's going to be the next big test for them.
1: That will be the next big test for sure. So, but I mean, listen, right now the NBA is winning, uh, the, is winning the the revitaliz- revitalization bubble, if you will, uh, in terms of things getting back to normal. But I think also some credit to the NHL. I think they're they're the fourth of the major sports, but you haven't heard many hiccups in that department either.
0: And let's get back to the movies actually for a minute here. I think we should go from the bottom to the top to save the suspense on what makes the A plus movie like for the last. So. We'll start with the F range. Like, what's it take to get the failing grade from John Snanko?
1: If you're in the F category, for sure, there's a guarantee that I'd pause the movie and walked away and done something else. Like, if it's an F, it, it, it's like, I'm willing to turn you off and then go back to it at a later time. You do not capture my attention enough. That is a pure quality of an F grade movie. And then, I, I guess the other thing for F made is Usually, things that are super duper uh, cliched, like uh, like they follow all the same story points as one would expect. Like they literally always touch on every single stone that to cross over the river. of The movie, like they don't ever try and take a jump or a leap and make something exciting happen. So are probably the two biggest traits of an F movie.
0: Has there ever been an F movie where you actually just turned it off and never finished it because you were just so frustrated?
1: Napoleon Dynamite, still to this day, one of the worst scenes and just unsatisfactory movies I've ever seen in my life. And I never, I watched it in high school, and I'm like, oh, everyone's quoting it. It's going to be so funny. And I think I learned in that moment in time, I don't like cringe humor. I don't like awkward humor. It's not for me. And that movie is chock full of it. The only thing it is is awkward and strange, and just I hate that type of humor. So... Yeah, that's 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 the first movie, and that's really the only one that I just had shut off and just been like, no, no, thank you.
0: That's funny because I listed some examples on my notes here of movies that fit the ranges here, and Napoleon Dynamite with F my is one of the ones I listed in the F
1: range. Uh, yeah, I really, really, really did not like Napoleon Dynamite. It it really it really was not good. I mean, there are I, the thing about me, Mike, is I will I will watch that movie. I am fine with it. Like I. I will watch anything that you put in front of me, like anything at all. And so, like, I understand going into it, it might not be very good, but like the, there's the difference between a D and an F is like a D actually, maybe they tried taking some risks. Maybe they tried doing something different. It obviously didn't work if I gave the movie in the D range, but at least they attempted something to get my interest. Sometimes, uh, sometimes though, there's nothing to work with. And it's just in the bottom tier.
0: Yeah, other ones I had listed as examples in the F range. The 2003 Hulk movie, you gave it an F+. plus. think Is that the worst rating, or is that the F-minus the worst rating?
1: F-minus is the worst. Come on, it's like, it's like A plus, A, A minus, so like it's like the same thing. Yeah, my grenade system's whack, because I give plus minuses on every single letter.
0: Yeah, yeah, you have Hulk as an F+, plus, Napoleon Dynamite as an F-minus, two Fs I wrote down, The Happening, and what I agree with you with, The Last Airbender is an F. That, I think, is still my worst movie I've ever seen.
1: Uh, well, actually, you'll be proud of me. I started watching the animated show. Oh, really? So I have. I'm on like episode twelve of the first season. So I have started watching it. Uh, but yeah, so I mean, those are all bad movies. They're not very good. I remember I really wanted to like uh, that 2003 Hulk movie because comics, whatever, like that. And I really just, I remember they went so comic booky with the transitions, like the boxes, literally transitioning between scenes. I wasn't a huge fan.
0: Yeah, I will say after you watch the animated show, you get you realize how badly M Night Shyamalan screwed up that movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I understand like with the uh, with the the show, the Nickelodeon show that's currently on Netflix, and uh, I I've heard the first season is the most childish, quote unquote, yes. in terms of like the that, correct exactly. stuff. Like, really, I'm really trying to power through this first season again. It's not bad, but like. I'm not binging it. I'm just watching one, and then I'm like, "All right, I'm good for today." Like, it's one of those things.
0: Yeah, the beginning, the the middle of season one, they have some issues trying to like sort of like balance the humor with the serious storytelling. Like the end of season one, they really have a nice little kick there. Like once you get like to like episode like fourteen to to the end, it really powers up, and like the storytelling goes another gear for like seasons two and three.
1: Yeah, I mean, I've, I've heard only good things, and someone got me into it, finally, to start watching it, and we started watching it, and again, it's good, it's good, I've, I've heard the, the series finale is one of the best ever, is, is what I've been told, uh, for any TV show of any genre, so, I'm excited to get there, I'll get there eventually, I'll let you know what I do.
0: That does sound good, we'll talk about, maybe down the line, I know Martina is also watching it, the last av- Avatar on Netflix, so maybe one day we'll discuss it. No, well, there you go. All right, next up, we'll go to the D range. What makes this, you said this the thing difference between the Ds and the Fs, they at least took some swings, but they didn't really execute them.
1: Yeah, that, that's really the biggest difference. Again, it's a movie that, it's it's a movie, yeah. But that's the biggest thing, is that when you, at least, like, basically they're, they're in the batter's box, right? The movie's a batter. If you're getting F, you looked at three pitches and didn't swing that I mean with the D's maybe you struck out on three pitches but maybe a thousand went off and then you swung at the other two so you didn't go down uh like just go down looking with without even trying. So that's kinda like the D analogy that I would think. All
0: right. And so examples of the D movies I pulled from the uh spreadsheet. Uh I have a D for Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom.
1: Uh yeah, that movie almost got in the F range. It really, really did. But because I like dinosaurs, it got in the D range.
0: Okay, that's that's fair. I have also in the D's I have Scoob. You I remember you mentioned you actually covered this on Stanko's stands recently. You said that movie was horrible.
1: Yeah, it was not. It was super disappointing. Exactly, I'll give it I'll give the movie this. I really thought it was like in like the C minus range until like the ending. And then the ending just stunk. And I was like, All right, you're in the D
0: Okay. That one's a D. Also D plus the man who killed Don Quixote.
1: Man oh yeah. I really, really, really wanted to like that movie. came out in original on Amazon Prime, and it, I really wanted to like it, and it just wasn't that good, and I'm super disappointed about it.
0: Yeah, I know. I think that, movie, that whole movie is cursed. I mean, you've heard the story of The Man La Mancha and how they were trying to make that for years, and every time I feel like somebody tries to take adapt that story, something goes wrong.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, like the the one that came out in 2018 had... Uh, Had Adam Driver in it, which obviously I think is a phenomenal actor. Like, I really think that there was a shot for it to be really good, and it it just didn't. It didn't touch. It didn't tickle my fun buttons, if you will.
0: Yeah, that's certainly fair. And the last one in the D range I brought up here, the Immortal Rocky Five.
1: Rocky Five again. It was I. I saw that back when I was like in freshman year of high school. I'd been to watch all the Rocky movies, and it's still the worst one. Frankly, if I were to go back and grade it now, it might be in the F range. But when I first saw it, which is the rule of my list, it's when I it's the first time I saw the movie, not the second, it's not the third. I don't go retroactively fixing these grades. It's the first time I saw it. So obviously, when I when I first saw Rocky Five, I guess I thought the music was still cool or something, and it didn't fall down to the F range.
0: Yeah, I remember watching that movie. Like that was I mean, that movie was so bad. You could tell really they were just there for the paychecks and. At that point, I mean Stallone himself, he realized like, "Hey, this is terrible. I have to fix the ending of the series." Now so I got Rocky Balboa about like fifteen years later.
1: And this is Rocky Balboa, I actually really liked. I I thoroughly enjoyed that movie. But yeah, Rocky Five not very good in the D range.
0: In the D range, and let's go to the C range next. So C range, I'm assuming some basically like average movie. Like, enjoyed it, fine, nothing special
1: this is where most of my movies end up landing. It's the C plus range. It's the, this is where it's the hardest for me, Mike, because it's the biggest difference between being entertaining movie and being a good movie. It's like, how do I like, maybe the movie wasn't like particularly well made, but I was entertained. Maybe the movie was very entertaining, but it was super sloppy and the story made absolutely no sense. Like this is where those are the movies that really go into the C range. And like I can tell you that from uploading my list to Letterbox, like this is where the majority of my ratings are are the C plus B minus range with a two points with a two point five or three star rating. Those are typically where my ratings end up coming.
0: Yeah, I, I, I pulled some examples on the C range as well. Uncle drew a C from you.
1: Yeah, I actually so with, so with that movie, shout out to was it Reggie Miller who was actually really funny in that movie and like. Like in the movie itself, but then you turn on the color commentary of any basketball game, you're like, "Oh no, please mute forever." (laughs) So, uh, yeah, but no, yeah, it was it was an all right movie. I mean, I to be fair, I watched that the year Tyree was with the Celtics, so I don't know when in the season I watched it because I can tell you if it was near the end of the season, it probably would have gotten a lower grade.
0: It's probably middle of the year somewhere around there, I guess.
1: Probably, probably when I thought there was still hope. Yeah.
0: Let's, yeah, well, Kyrie's on the Nets now. Hope we'll see if he curses them next year. Spider-Man three in that range also a C minus. I could see that argument because they did a very bad job wrapping up the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man's and that and there was supposed to be a four. I basically got canned because this movie was so bad.
1: Yeah, I remember. I really hated the Tobey Maguire jazz singing dance sequence. I hated that, and I remember really remember this was the first time where they overstuffed the movie with bad guys because they had Sandman and they had Venom. They could have done with this one or the op, one or the other the same thing that really hurt the amazing spider-man 2 where they just overloaded it with villains and and stuff like that so i that's yeah that's why i really didn't like spider-man 3
0: i hope that that for the third spider-man uh tom hollandish i hope they don't make that same mistake and overstuff the movie of villains again
1: uh yeah i mean i would agree i think that's i think that's something where they want to try and appease the fans much by putting in as many characters as possible, but. You can over you can overboil the movie if you will. You can have it overflow, and that's not because That just creates a mess.
0: Yeah, and the last one the C rain wrote down was that I had Saw at C plus. So it stuck out to me.
1: Saw at C plus. Actually, that one probably should be higher. If I were go, if I were to go back and retroactively grade Saw, I'd probably give it like a B or B plus because of how much it changed the, the genre, if you will. I remember when I, I don't like the gory. Like the gory horror So that was probably a detriment to it And just in terms of my preferences Which I have Like there are just some movies That are tougher for me to enjoy So I just can't get into them as much Um, But I'm surprised it's as low as a C plus That's the honest answer with you
0: Yeah I saw that That's why I was curious As I brought up Because I wrote down ones That sort of popped that That caught my eye when I did this So that's the C range We'll go to the B's now So what makes the B range movie I know Alan Austin was, was skeptical Of the B plus range throughout the baseball draft
1: all right, so yeah, the, the thing is, a B plus is a very, very good grade. Like, think of it—if you're rating it on a scale of zero to a hundred, that's between what, an eighty-seven and a ninety. Like, yeah, it's still a very good grade. So the B pluses are very good uh, because B plus is a—I love like B plus is a perfect grade for me because it's when I really enjoyed the movie, but I just don't think it's that good. But like, I thoroughly enjoyed it and I'd recommend it to everybody. It gets a B plus. Like that's kind of where that falls—the movie that falls just short of the A range.
0: Yeah, one of your B pluses. I saw right off the bat. Terminator Two got a B plus.
1: Yeah, again, I remember that's probably the first time I saw. It. I didn't understand truly what I was seeing, um, and I'm guarantee you I didn't get a bunch of the humor and like the subtlety the subtletiness the of it when I first saw it. So that's thing with this great system it's when I first saw the movie, where if I could go back and add another column to this go see Mike, to this movie list, it would be adding the first time I saw the movie, like putting the date watched, yeah. if you will. But I can't go back in time because I don't know when I saw these movies, so it wouldn't it just wouldn't be worth it for me. But I think that when I first saw Terminator, I was probably not into that type of action. I was probably into a different type. But again, B-plus is still a very, very good movie.
0: Yeah, some other ones on the list, Indiana Jones, Temple of Doom, barely gets in the column here of B-minus.
1: Uh well that's the worst. That I will, I mind Kingdom of the Christmas called worst. It's the worst of the original trilogy. Um, I meant really remember thinking the kid was annoying and the woman was beyond annoying. I don't remember <laughs> the woman. Um but yeah, I mean but the thing is it's also Indiana Jones, right? The B minus is like that's like hey, Harrison Ford can still carry a movie, be charismatic. And I remember the the scene on the bridge is still really, really cool. So that's why that's why that's the B minus.
0: Yeah, that's fair. Another one, like a classic movie, award winner, got a B from you, Schindler's List.
1: I remember thinking Schindler's List was way too long.
0: That's also fair remember, person.
1: Remember, it's like it's over three hours. And that's like it's a long movie. Yeah, um, very long. Yeah, and I also think when I first saw it was in high school and – I think I could probably say my attention to a really sad, depressing heroin character study, uh, I probably was not into that in when I was a sophomore, junior in high school when I first saw this movie.
0: Yeah, that's a that's definitely a while ago. And I do think the length of the movie sometimes can hurt it. I do think, like, well, I'm curious what your take on JFK because that's another one where the movie's very, very long.
1: I don't think I've seen JFK. That's really? Oliver Stone, yeah, that one. Yeah, I have not seen JFK.
0: That's one to add to your list. I'm curious about your take. That is considered a very good movie.
1: It is considered, but the thing is, isn't it a super conspiracy theory. It thing? is like it's, it's very conspiracy theory. I don't love the conspiracy theories. I would have to get I would have to get by that, but I know the cast is absolutely ridiculous in the movie I've heard, and it's like it's over three hours though. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I should check out JFK. You're right.
0: Yeah, i i have watched the entire movie. It's I did enjoy it a lot. It was a, it did get long, like at the two and a half hour mark, I was feeling, but I did enjoy
1: what I was watching. I mean, yeah, it's got a cap. like it's got Jack Lemmon, Gary Oldman, Kevin Costner. I mean, that's a, that's a just a great reason to start with. So I should I should watch it. I just need to find out it where it's streaming. I suppose.
0: Yeah, i'll I'll find it out for you. I'll get it to you off the air, but. So one thing I have a, a curiosity about with the B plus grades, yeah. You ha- according to your chart, and I know, I know this is based when you originally saw in the movies. You have Forrest Gump with the same B plus grade as Rocky Four. Uh
1: yeah, I would probably I would probably say that. And again, I don't think Forrest Gump is a bad movie. I think it is an overrated movie. And I think it's one of those things where I thought Forrest Gump was better as an as a in terms of a well made movie. Like I appreciated the acting in it more so than it being entertaining. Yeah, um, where I think I differ with people. I think people watch the thing and it's a, it's a piece of Americana and super entertaining. And I just I never get that from an entertainment standpoint at all.
0: Yeah, so like I can get, I I think B plus where I personally had, I was just surprised that Rocky Four was that high. That was my personal like question about it.
1: You're surprised that Rocky Four's a B plus? It should, it might be an A if I were to watch it now. Yeah, it's the most patriotic movie of all time.
0: I know it's a very patriotic movie. I just like had a problem with the way they unceremoniously off Apollo very early in that movie. That
1: it starts the whole entire story. The movie yeah. took a rip. It an iconic character yeah. instead of rogue was literally a killer.
0: Yeah,
1: and with Rocky Four, we don't get Creed Two.
0: Yeah, that that is true. I'll give you that. I did think also the thing that also knocked it down for me at the end was like the ridiculousness of Rocky like giving the speech to the Russian Politburo and then like basically a band basically claiming that Rocky is the reason communism ended the Soviet Union.
1: Uh, I, that that is the reason that the Soviet Union. Ended. <laughs> That is, that's the accurate answer I think that you just have to embrace the embrace the of it like again a movie can be super over the top to make absolutely no sense but if it's super confident in itself and if it like like guns akimbo I don't know if you've seen that movie yeah. with Daniel Radcliffe, but the movie is nuts and the story makes no sense in some of that, but it's just it's super confident in itself I loved I loved it from the get-go of what the director was doing and how confident they were so that's why Guns done kimbo got a fairly good grade. Like I think of movies like that and I really like
0: it. Yeah, I do I do get that point. Like I I personally enjoyed like Rocky 3 more cuz I love Mr. T and I did like the story arc there of like Rocky coming on the top, losing and like having to get rebuilt by Apollo in a different type of fighter. I thought that was a fun arc.
1: Yeah, no, again, I I would agree that Rocky 3 I don't think I graded as high as the others, but it might be the most like through to self sequel story of the champion getting complacent, and having to rediscover that hunger. So, I remember, yeah, like I probably Rocky 3 would get higher now from what it meant as a franchise because it actually took a step in developing the Rocky character.
0: Yeah, and also a very snappy, like 90 something minutes. It also helps to pace that movie.
1: Oh, yeah. I think that's one thing getting older is the longer movies you have to plan for those now because you can't just sit down and watch two, two hours and 40 minutes.
0: Or three hours, you're watching Avengers Endgame.
1: Or three hours, yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, let's get to the cream of the crop here. Let's get to the A range. What's the separator here from the Bs to the As?
1: A is a movie like that I think maybe should have won the award. Um, like those, those, are, those are the A's. I get very, very few A pluses. There are very few A pluses on my list. But the A is the movie that I think should have won the award or get more recognition. Or, I'll be honest with you, a lot of my guilty pleasures are in the A category just because it's one of those things where you could ex- explain to me a million different ways why the movie doesn't make sense. And I may agree with them, but I just don't care. It's just, it's going to be an A for me. Cause the thing is nobody is perfectly objective when they look at a movie. Everyone has a little preferences and stuff like that. So with me, I just embrace it with those, with those, with my like favorite over the top movies that make no sense. They get A too.
0: Yeah, let's start with the A, one of my A my's movies and done. I mean, Planet of the Apes. I I agree with this rating. I'm very high on Planet of the Apes.
1: Planet of the Apes is one of the most cool. That I should say, I have to ask you which Planet of the Apes are you looking at because the original. Is it the original. The original was awesome. And also, what I was going to say is that the newest trilogy that came out is one of the most underrated trilogies of like of recent decade or, or whatever. Like all three of those are really good movies famous the original i love the original because the the line and the reaction to get your paws off me you dirty filthy ape like i remember that scene so so vividly like charleston had fantastic the costuming is absolutely ridiculous and really really cool um yeah i love the first planet of the Apes. for me it's one of the most iconic original science fiction yeah
0: actually, I actually have a very interesting story about how i actually first experienced planet of the ace if you if you're so inclined yeah, please, do tell. yeah, so this is back when I was in high school. I think, like, I remember this is strange, because, like, the high, my high school just had an expansion built on, and then one of my classes was in the New Wing. I forget exactly what it was about. Something about, like, tease American culture, and, like, fame, like one of the things we did in this class was watch Planet of the Apes. So, I basically watched it over five separate, like, days. Like, they show us, like, bits, like, parts of the movie, and I remember I sort of like got myself built up every day, to get more of this movie, and like once you get to the end, you see the Statue of Liberty in the sand, and he's like realizing that the world has destroyed itself in a nuclear war. You're like, I was like, wow, this is an amazing movie.
1: It's so good. I also think like I'm a, I'm a sucker for sad or depressing or profound endings. I don't necessarily love a happy ending by any means, and finally it fits that to a T because when that first drops, you're like, holy.
0: Yeah, it's a, definitely a big twist at the end. Let's go to the A's now, and the ones I pulled here, Star Wars Episode 4 and Episode 5 both got the A rating from John Stanko.
1: Yeah, if I were to redo that, Episode 5 will get an A+, because that's my favorite, so I would elevate that above above the rest, but I mean, I love Star Wars. I love everything about Star Wars. But I don't love everything about Star Wars.
0: No, you don't. The, we, the just, we discussed this last year.
1: We don't, yeah, we don't talk about that, but like I've been a Star Wars fan for a very long time. I was I grew up a Star Wars person, not a not a Star Trek person. So yeah, I mean these these are two of the original two of the original trilogy, so they have to get it.
0: Yeah, I do agree with you. I did point out as I went through the sheet, I did see you did have a couple of Star Trek movies in your in your sheet. I saw Star Trek Motion Picture and Star Trek Two on your list.
1: Yeah, I mean Star Trek the Rapid Con, I really really liked. Um, I, I don't know if I really liked it, but I remember enjoying it. And then the Star Trek, uh, is it Into Darkness? What's the second one with then it come back coming? Yep. Like, people didn't like that one, but I loved it. I thought it was by far the best one of the three. Oh, yeah. So, Def- I think I'm... Definitely like, was. Already there.
0: Because I think, honestly, so, like, somebody who's familiar with the track a little bit more, I will say, I think that was one of the things where, like, the movie itself was very good, but it was not, like, good for, like, is not true to the Trek franchise Sort of like Sort of like I think is their equivalent Of Last Jedi Basically is the way I would put it
1: Well listen no, I like this one the most I don't care the vibe of it Whatever I thought it was Really really good
0: Yeah it was really really good And we'll go to The A plus range So you said The A plus The cream of the crop What makes the A plus What's the complete separator
1: A plus is I walked out And I can't stop thinking About it Days weeks years later it it those are movies these are movies that honestly i would say most of these a pluses if not all of them had some major like revelation about how i look at movies like they they taught me something about about movie making or about movie watching that i didn't even think about before those so these are the a plus like they shaped me in terms of my movie viewing and how i look at movies
0: yeah, that's a good point. And the one I pulled out, obviously, the original Rocky got an A-plus from you.
1: Uh, I'm One of, if not the best sports story of all time. Like, And it's also, I love it. It was a self-made project with Stallone betting on himself and all that. But I maybe if I were to regrade it now, maybe it would be a time. I don't think some parts have aged as well. But when I first saw this movie and the music found the first time, and I learned, and I knew kind of knew the story behind the movie, it was definitely an A-plus from me.
0: Yeah, and you know, I actually saw the Broadway version is when it was on Broadway a few years back.
1: Well, I've never saw the Broadway version. i How long was it on Broadway? I don't even
0: know. It was on there for about, like, a year, and then, like, it didn't, and then they had, to, I think they ended up, like, closing it on Broadway. I think they didn't get as many sales as they wanted to, but, like, it was definitely a fun experience, like, seeing it on Broadway, because I remember, like, we had like decent seats for it when I went and like one of the coolest things they did at the end of the thing was for the fight. They brought a whole like ring basically out into the audience. They pulled the, the first like 10 rows in the middle of the orchestra section up to onto the stage, selling the bleachers to be the, be the crowd for the fight. And my seats were off to the right of that area. So I was like right
1: near Apollo Creed's corner in, in the play. That is pretty cool. That's, Wow, I didn't know you could do that, frankly. That's really cool. It must have been a unique theater experience. Like the, Also, the stage setup must have been tops to, top to the crew of that production, because that sounds like a handful of setups.
0: It was a handful of setup. I just, just don't think it... I think it came out at a bad time. I, was, I don't think why it lasted. It was pretty good from what I remember.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the, the age of Rocky being an all-time classic movie, I think that is unfortunately waning away with the generations. Um, like I can, I guarantee you that I asked how kids now about the movie Rocky. Many of them would not know, and they would just be like, "Wait, is that the one Creed? Is that, are you? Is are talking about that one?" And, and then I would just shake my head.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I will say, like, my A plus is I do think it like takes a lot to get up there too, because like that has to be a very special grade in movie. And I will say, I've been working through the list that you and I worked on the last time you were on the podcast One of the early times this summer, you were on the podcast. I've been going through the movies here. Of the movies I've seen to date, I would say I would put Knives Out in my A plus category.
1: In your A plus, wow! Okay, I, I, I love mean, that movie. If, I listen. I I'm not going to try to convince you otherwise. You it's in your A plus category, but I'm glad I even heard it. I mean, it was it was spectacular.
0: Yeah, because the thing I liked about it is like I've seen the murder mystery movie before. I mean, I've seen the Murder on the Orient Express and stuff like that. I like that what they did is like, they did it, they put it in a modern setting and they twisted it up quite a bit, the purse off your expectations. And I thought the way they did that, where they gave you like, they solved, they supposedly, they solved the mystery in the middle of the movie. Then they solve it again and give you a different ending and then twist everything around on you again. Really well done. Yeah.
1: I mean, listen, the movie was absolutely excellent. and I, I loved the pace that which it was cut and directed. Like, I think it, the movie it never dragged. It was always like it was like it was attractive to hear the tick 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 tick. All these quick cuts to kind of keep you engaged. So I love the movie. Daniel Craig was absolutely very
0: Yeah, at this point on your list, I'm up to the Lighthouse. I just finished that, and I was not as big a fan.
1: Lighthouse for me, like, I that movie rocked. It absolutely rocked. It that movie blew me away in terms of like what I was. Like expecting to get and the, the black and white the, the absolute despair in every single shot. It's the worst roommate story of all time. Like I think I gave that movie a B plus, and honestly, maybe going back, I'd rate it a little bit higher because the performances are unbelievable, the shot making is incredible, and like the random twists of the story, like they don't make sense, but they're not meant to because the two main characters are going insane themselves, so you don't know what's real and what's not. Like I I love that.
0: Yeah, I think that's you. I think also for me, it it hurt me because I watched it right after 1917. and I was like, okay, like I was such a high in 1917. I'm like, okay, this did not like grab me like 1917. I think that might also have impacted my rating a little bit.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess say so, but I, I think I would put the, in terms of like the strict filmmaking and cinematography, they're almost on the same level for me because the way, what you have to do to make a lighthouse and that outdoor scenery interesting. An entire movie takes so much skill, and Robert Eggers, who, who directed the movie, obviously did a great job. So, I would put them in terms of almost near each other cinematography and like filmmaking wise. Yeah,
0: that's definitely fair. And my last question in terms of the movie scale is like, what's your biggest disagreement? Where I've seen on your spreadsheet again, I'll put like this in the podcast show notes like, what's the biggest discrepancy between your grades and the critics' grades?
1: Oh, I don't know. I have some, well, I think most recently the one that sticks out is The Old Guard on Netflix with Charlie Theron. I thought that movie stunk. I thought it was terrible. But well, I looked at, I looked at reviews after and it's usually my, like what I would dictate like a B plus, like a B plus B category. And I gave it, I think like a D or D minus. Like I thoroughly dislike that
0: movie. I do think also in terms of that movie, I think part of the problem I think is just there's some probably just nothing coming out. Maybe the creators just like, this movie is decent. Like, let's give it a good grade. To get people to watch it because they wanted to sort of justify their jobs. So that's sort of my conspiracy theory why that movie got graded so high.
1: Yeah, I I would agree. I think people love Charlie Theron in, in the badass role, which he's really, really good at. So I think that also gives it some good love. Um, and I didn't know, but it's based on a fairly popular comic, I think. And it's like, I, it's like there's a cult following behind it already that I didn't know about other, I think also got swept up a little bit in the interviews, too. So, I, I, just, I really, really didn't like it, but I have some like, some major work. Like let's look in quickly. The last samurai I gave an A minus, critics gave it a C plus. That's what I have. Twenty seven directors I gave an A minus, critics gave it a C plus. Like there are some even wider than that. Uh Love and Other Drugs started by Edward Dick that stars Ann Hathaway and uh oh what's his name? Jake Dylan I gave it an A minus and the critics gave it a D plus at least with my, like my take on them. So I got some massive discrepancies, massive. I would need to go through and let you know after what the biggest one is.
0: It does sound good. And before I let you go, you also mentioned you've been watching TV shows and strings and stuff. What caught your eye of late?
1: Uh, well, well, movie wise, first I'll start is I've been rewatching the extended versions of Lord of the Rings and man, so deep hold up. It's so good. Mike, it's, it's Unbelievable how good those three movies are in the extended cut. So those are things I'm watching now. Um, in terms of other stuff that I've recently watched, uh started the Avatar, um, which is pretty good. Finish Hannah season two on Amazon Prime as well. Uh started watching Rick and Morty, which I think you watch and you're a fan of. And that actually has swept me away with how funny Rick and Morty is because it, it it took me completely by surprise.
0: Yeah, it's definitely some good stuff, I will say. I'm excited to see where some of this goes. I'm also waiting eagerly for Mandalorian Season 2. It's coming in October. I can't wait for that either.
1: They haven't even dropped a trailer or anything for it yet, right? Like, we're still waiting. We haven't heard anything.
0: We have not heard anything. It should be coming soon, though. I'm very excited to get uh, get my hands on that. I definitely will be covering that on the podcast throughout the, uh, throughout the fall. There's not going to be much else going on TV-wise. Let me ask you, TV-wise.
1: Have you seen Umbrella Academy?
0: It's on my list. I've been told by Sandra Rosa to check this out. You said I would love it.
1: Yeah, that's. I'm um, because um, if I start a new show soon after I watch a couple movies, that show might be it. It might be worthy of my pitch.
0: Well, Sam has given it the two thumbs up, and she's told me in multiple occasions I need to watch it. It's on my queue. I'm get. I'm getting
1: there. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, things are now starting to get back to normal. A little bit more work, so not much free time on our hands. But I think we'll make time, Mike. We'll make.
0: Uh, John, thanks for all the time. I really appreciate it. Before I let you go, how can people follow you on social media and keep up with the stuff you're doing over at Stanko Stance?
1: Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever social media you want to follow me at, at jstanko99.
0: And what about Stanko Stance? How can you will check that out?
1: Oh, well, yeah, stankostance.wordpress.com is a blog that's linked to all my social media stuff. Um, been a little inactive over the past week or so, just super busy with work, but going to get back up there soon, and uh, I think I'm going to have some list coming soon of like some sports takes that I have, especially with the NFL season starting. I'm going to try to get back to that, too.
0: Yeah, it sounds good. Hopefully, like, Tenet will figure something out down the road. I am definitely want to talk to you about that after it comes out.
1: Yeah, again, I, are you going to be comfortable enough to go to a theater to see it?
0: Like I said, I'll figure out a way. If I'll am I will get I'll get myself to a drive through at seeing it, for sure, because I do have people I'm living with who I'm concerned about giving it to, so I want to give myself the safest possible way to see it.
1: You're going to ride you're gonna drive all the way to Rhode Island to go find it.
0: There's three there's three within an hour, me. One of them was bound to have it.
1: Oh, well then oh then you're fine. I would I would have at least a couple hours from where I am, I think. So you're fine. Yep, I'm good. All right. Thanks, John. Really appreciate it. No problem, Mike. Thank you.